0: The last antiphon we sing at the office of vigils on this feast each year uh, is taken from two lines from the biography of St. Benedict, written by Pope Gregory the Great around the year 600 A.D. goes like this, Benedict returned to the place of his beloved wilderness to live alone with himself in the contemplation of higher things. There is so much beautiful spiritual theology in this short sentence. St. Benedict had been a student in Rome, but he left off his studies because, like many college students ever since, he despaired of the low moral atmosphere of the schools. He instead became a hermit, renouncing the world in order to follow Christ in solitude. But his spiritual growth was so remarkable at such a young age that he was asked by a nearby monastery to be their abbot. And this didn't work out because Benedict was too strict. Uh, I also think he was just too young and inexperienced to do a good job at this point. So Gregory tells us that after he quit as abbot, he returned to the place of his beloved wilderness. This is a reminder that monks are distinguished always by this need to withdraw from ordinary society and to love the wilderness, to love the desert. Even here in the city, we do this by maintaining a cloister and by maintaining rules of silence within it. We also maintain what we call cells. We don't have bedrooms as monks. We, we sleep in cells. And uh, sometimes people think, oh, that's terrible, it sounds like a prison. Actually, it's the prison system that took it from us because the prisoners are supposed to think about their lives in their cells like monks do and reform and repent like monks do. The cell, this idea of the cell, recalls the caves of Egypt in the 3rd century and 4th century where the Christian monastic movement begins. So the first Christian monks lived alone or in small groups in the desert away from the regular commerce of the world. So Gregory says that Benedict lived alone with himself, and he gives actually some commentary on this because it's a strange phrase. The spiritual battle cannot be fought without us seeking self-knowledge, discovering the ways in which our minds and hearts wander away from God, wander away from vigilance against God. Problematic thoughts, demonic thoughts. How easily we forget that God is present in and, and all the turmoil of life. And, and we need to take responsibility for that forgetfulness, right? A monk wants to guard as much as possible against this dissipation of mind that comes with the forgetfulness of heavenly things. What we discover when we go into ourselves is that our passions militate against this vigilance. And so returning to ourselves is about watching our thoughts, checking where our hearts are at, mortifying our passions, striving for purity of heart, which, as we hear in the Beatitudes, is the condition for seeing God. It's worth saying a short bit about Gregory the Great, who wrote this life of Benedict. He was Pope from 590 until 614 when he died. And he came to the Sea of Peter when the city of Rome was really at a low ebb. Things were not going well in Rome. The last Western emperor had been deposed over a century earlier. And as Rome spiraled downward, it fell to the popes to exercise not only spiritual authority, but civil governance as well. Somehow, Gregory made time to compose this biography of Benedict, the hermit, who later as a spiritual master founded a number of monasteries, two of which are still today at the heart of our Benedictine confederation. So this says something about Gregory. It was important to him to tell us about this man, Benedict. Why? We see time and again, even when he's abbot later in life, Benedict keeps going back to his cell. He's always seen there praying and contemplating. He does work miracles, all the saints in the ancient Lives of the saints worked miracles, but often he does it while he's still in his cell praying. Uh, The miracle happens out there, and they attribute it to Benedict because he was praying at that time. At a desperate time in Rome's history, Gregory is teaching us as much as we may feel the pressure to be politically engaged as a church, and perhaps we will even be called upon to participate in the rebuilding of society. But especially at those times, we need also men and women to renounce the world, to withdraw from the political, to a life of prayer, to a life of vigilance and contemplation, as reminders to all of the church that our true citizenship is ultimately in heaven. We who are already monks, let us learn anew every day to love the wilderness to seek to spend time alone with ourselves and to hunger for the contemplation of heavenly things, that our holiness and our joy will be a strength to the church at this time of need. And in the words of our great lawgiver, which are quoted in today's collect, let us all prefer nothing to the love of Christ, and may he bring us all to everlasting life.